Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today is Wednesday. Doug, how did the SWAT meetings go? Uh, really good. We had a good turnout at both this morning and this afternoon. And if uh, you're listening today, I hope you will tune in next week because uh, we're going to be talking about the gospel coming to Europe and the first convert in Europe. And it might surprise you who it was, uh, because uh, Paul did not plan on going to uh, Europe, and he uh, he got called by God to go into the Greek culture of Macedonia and into Philippi, and uh, it's a great, it's really a, a great lesson for us, and uh, a couple of principles there of sometimes being put out of our comfort zone. So I hope you'll tune in if you want to join us. If you live here in Jacksonville and you want to join us tomorrow morning at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food on San Jose, we'd love for you to at 6.30 a.m. If you live outside of Jacksonville or if you're in Jacksonville but you can't get to that one and you want to join us on Zoom, send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com and I'll send you a link to the Zoom uh, meeting, uh, SWAT meeting tomorrow night. And then Friday, uh, we're down in St. Augustine at the Village Inn. And you can join us down there. And so, yeah, it was interesting working through some of the Greek culture aspects that they would have dealt with over in Philippi that are very reminiscent of things happening in our country right now. Um, I mean, just very much uh, a culture that rejected God in a lot of ways. And so uh, Paul goes in there and plants the flag of Christianity uh, through his first European convert. So it'll be interesting for all the people out there who have heard people disparage the Bible because it's anti-woman, anti-women. Uh, it'll be a good one for you to tune in next week as we talk about it. So, um, yeah, I look forward to uh, to sharing that on the air next week. But it was good this week. Uh, good, good reminders for us as believers to kind of go outside of our comfort zone we we tend to we tend to live in a comfort zone we like we like comfortable air we like comfortable cars we like comfortable houses and i remember our kids go or went to a camp our, our older kids and even our, our younger ones uh, and they didn't have air conditioners out there and it's the first time that our kids had experienced that really i mean i grew up in homes that had some window units and mm. and uh would go to my grandmother's and she didn't have air uh, she didn't have a window unit she just opened up the windows and you had whatever the breeze blew and so the first time my kids went out there they were like didn't like it because there was no air con it was so hot i mean it was in the summer and humid and hot and uh we we just everything we do in this culture we tend to try to preserve comfortableness 
We want to be comfortable. Nobody wants to be uncomfortable. So uh, when it gets hot, we turn the air down. Um, and we, we've been very blessed in a lot of technology ways over here to be able to control our atmosphere. One thing we can't control, though, is the future. We can't control um, what other people do. We can't control what other countries do. We can try, but we can't. Only God knows those things. And so when you um, when you are called by God to go outside of your comfort zone, that's the safest place to be. I remember John Mazel said one time, he's been a guest on here several times, uh, he founded East West Ministries, said the safest place you can be is in the middle of God's will. I would rather be in the middle of God's will in the middle of a minefield at night over in Afghanistan blindfolded than outside of God's will, safe and secure in Fort Knox. Hmm. Uh, and I think we forget that sometimes. We we just we fall into the trap of looking for the the easiest, most comfortable way, and we tend to decline those opportunities that require sacrifice, that, that require us to get out of our comfort zone. And so um, – and our culture uh, is certainly – uh, more antagonistic now toward people of faith, and it's a lot more difficult to convey to people that you're a person of faith, that you believe in a Bible. I mean, there's a lot of people, even young people today, uh, who uh, a lot of young people today dismiss the Bible as uh, old, dogmatic, and irrelevant. And the most important thing, is what you personally believe, your subjective belief. Your subjective belief is the highest value in your life. And that's really the height of postmodernism, really. Postmodernism says that um, there, there really is no God, and you don't need to try to find any God. Uh, your truth is whatever you make it, and that's the world we live in. It's a bit, It's been a postmodern culture for quite a while. I don't know what's after postmodern. I mean, you had modernism, which basically says there's no God and man is the one that gives you the answer. And then you have postmodernism that says there's no God and you don't need to search for any kind of God or any kind of answers. You just Your truth is your truth. And Paganism is next. Right, I guess, yeah. This will be a reversion, a reversion to, yeah, to to paganism, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, anyway, um, positive, positive thing. I, I read one uh, little quip today. At first, I thought it was real, and uh, and then it was like it was. You realized it was one of those things that people put out there just to make fun. I mean, like there's been some pretty funny memes about Elon Musk going around. Mm. And this one was Elon Musk uh, deleted all Twitter accounts. And now his next goal is to buy Facebook and do the same, go outside and live your lives, people. (laughs) And I thought that was really funny. I mean, like, it would be funny if somebody did that, bought it, and just said, okay, we're done. We're done with this. Get back into your world. Communicate. Talk to people. (laughs) I mean, wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, the sad thing is, is there's, I mean, then there's, TikTok, which is the new thing. There's Snapchat. I mean, there's so many of these social media companies that, uh, you know, I think people have to be intentional. And even just an iPhone in general, you've got to be intentional about breaking that cycle and 
getting out and living life the way people used to. Well, I, yeah, look at look at the the transition of Elon Musk. Uh, you know, he is people call him America's most powerful man now. Hmm. Think think about ten years ago. Did you really know anything about Elon Musk? I didn't. I mean, I'd heard his name mentioned with the electric car, Teslas, but that's it. I didn't really think of him as being this very influential guy. Um, I think he's from South Africa, isn't he? Isn't he from South Africa? He he was uh, raised there. I think that's sure. where he grew yeah. up. I mm-hmm. mean, he grew up and then, but but he runs Tesla and the the electric car company, and now he makes rockets and. Um, he owns a brain technology company. I don't even know what that is. Do you know what that is? What a brain technology company is? I know he's trying to put uh, like chips in brains. I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I mean, like things. Like, uh, have you seen these things people put? They have something on their head. You're talking what? about a cochlear implant? Yeah, like for that, hearing. That, yeah, that's kind of wild. Have you you know seen those? Yeah, I've seen. I think that's been around for a while. I've seen it, it, it has. Yeah, but are they around. like stapled to their head? Those cochlear implants, how is that? I mean, how does that even work? Do you know how it works? No. But it. But when you see it, it looks like something from the future, right? Like, <laughs> like you know, what are those cyborgs or whatever, you know, have people that are half human or, or whatever. It's crazy, but you well, see it I know a lot now. He's working on things for like, uh, you know, paraplegics so that they'd be able to, you know, reconnect those, uh, those sinews so that they'd be able to function Again, uh, stuff like that. But then, obviously, there's the downside of you know he, he's also talked about wanting to put the internet in like directly into your your brain. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, there's there's some iffy stuff that as far as that he's into, I don't think he sees the danger of. Well, possibly. I, I think um, you know when you think about Elon Musk, it, it wasn't that long ago that he was lauded by the left. Well, people that would call themselves liberals or mm-hmm. progressives. And now he's a hero to conservatives. And it's 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 just really interesting that we, we – do you know that much about his personal beliefs or his politics other than he ch- tries a, to be fairly neutral? I mean – I would say, you know, I think he has a particular – obviously he bought free and he brought, bought Twitter, right? I mean he has a passion for free speech. Um, and I think that's why he did that. He, I know he was friends with the Babylon B guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said like some statement of faith sound like a politician personally to me. Um, but kowtowing to that. I think that he's got his own agenda that maybe doesn't, uh, doesn't easily parse off into left or right, uh, quote unquote divides. And I, I think that people who are biblical, biblically, biblically minded should be, you know, appreciative of when he does things that, align with those values but realize hey he's not like you know he's just a guy well he he is you're right and he's not the light of the world Mm -hmm. that's for sure he is a uh, he's a human being but the the, i find it interesting that he was lauded by people that would be considered liberal and then now he's lauded by people a conservative the mob is fickle the mob is the mob is very fickle and uh, so I guess we just need to remember that there's only one Jesus, and he ain't him. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then you want an example of the fickleness of the mob, uh, you can look straight to Jesus, right, within a week. Oh, yes. Praising him to crucify him. So, yeah. All right, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break.
This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10 this week. We've already gone through verses 1 through 5 um, in the previous two days. If you have missed those and would like to go back and listen to them, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Click on the Past Programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including including this one in just about an hour or so. Again, that's www.swatradio.com and the Past Programs link. As we uh, look at Act 16 and we kind of finish up um, at least uh, this section of uh, Scripture, and we're looking at Paul on his second missionary journey, and we have identified in the first few verses that as believers, God calls us to identify and invest in future faith leaders, faithful future leaders. And uh, Paul wrote Timothy in Second Timothy 2, Hey, Timothy, what you've heard from me um, Find faithful men who will be able to teach others. And so it's this ongoing process of always identifying people that you can share the gospel with and the importance of all that Christ commands. It's not just getting people to understand the gospel and go share the gospel. It's Jesus said in Matthew 28, hey, go teach them all that I've commanded. And well, there's a lot of teaching Jesus gave in the Bible. He taught a lot of parables, and a lot of people, when they read those parables, read them in the context of uh, the uh, 20th century today. They don't read them in the context of what he was talking about then. They don't understand the textual connection many times that Jesus was referring to an Old Testament passage. And a teaching technique of the rabbis was they would give a portion of Scripture that their students would immediately know in the Old Testament where it was. So when a rabbi made a reference, 
that student would know that section. So it was more than just that little statement. We tend to be very literal in the way we look at it, and we unfortunately take things out of context a lot of times. But as we look at Acts 16, we have to remember contextually that it's a narrative. It is a historical narrative of the expansion of the church. And in the previous 15 chapters, we've been kind of um, watching Luke unfold to Theophilus, who he wrote the letter to, the expansion of the church. It was the ministry of Jesus doing what Paul told Timothy to do. He found faithful men who are now finding faithful people and, and then passing it on. And so as God's kingdom priest, he calls us to do this, you and me. If you're listening and you're a believer, you're called to identify and invest in faithful future leaders. And we we covered on Monday and Tuesday um, what those leaders should look like. What characteristics do you look like? And if you remember, we said to see God's sovereign hand on them. Timothy was the young guy that Paul chose, and Timothy, even his name, means to honor God. Even though it was a Greek name, and even though his dad was Greek, and even though Timothy wasn't circumcised, his mother and grandmother raised him to know the Scriptures. And so you see God's sovereign hand on him. It also said in verse 2 that he had a good reputation with the brothers in Iconium and Lystra. And so his reputation to follow God's word and to be a man of God was known throughout not just his city but another little village. And then third, we saw that you had to be teachable. Paul said, Timothy, you got to be circumcised. If you're going to be with me in the temple, and I'm going to be modeling for you what it means to share the gospel with these Jewish brothers, then you need to be circumcised to go into the temple. And so that's exactly what he did. And then we saw yesterday that Paul invested in Timothy. Uh, He went over the gospel because they delivered the gospel together. So we know Paul took time to really clarify the gospel with him. We know from other letters that he wrote about Timothy that Timothy might, might have been a little timid. Sometimes when you're a little timid, you tend to dilute or minimize things that may come across as offensive or exclusive. And and so Paul discipled Timothy, and he prepared him for his future leadership role. And then it said in verse 5, the churches were strengthened in faith first, and then they increased in number. And that's kind of where we left it yesterday. And just uh, today, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to have you read all 10 verses again, just as a reminder for those who may just be tuning in, that and, and share the two principles again from this text, Acts 16, 1 through 10, that God's kingdom priest, as God's kingdom priest, we all are his priest, he calls us to identify and invest in future faith leaders, which we covered Monday and Tuesday. And then today we're really going to be looking at this second principle in the second um, five verses listening and obeying his leading he calls us to listen and obey his leading do we do that well Mm, sometimes that's hard sometimes listening is hard and sometimes obeying his leading is hard because he leads us to uncomfortable places and so i'm going to have you read 
1 through 10, and we're going to come back and focus in on listening and obeying his leading today as as we seek to be his kingdom priests. All right. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers of Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them the for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So, passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so uh, this is the word of the Lord. And as we uh, look at uh, specifically verses uh, 6 through 10, it it appears like ministry is going really well. Paul comes back to check on people. He picks up Timothy with Silas there in Lystra and Derby. And things seem to be going really well here. And and he, he wants to go to Asia Minor and, uh, and Bithynia, but the Lord said no. He said no. Uh, it doesn't really say how God revealed it to him, that we don't know how God said no, but it's pretty clear. God said no. And um, think about Paul for a second. Sometimes we we lift these guys up on pedestals and make them unlike us. Mm. Have you ever had something that you were doing for the Lord? You thought it was good. You were going in this direction. You think this is where he wants to go. And he says, nope, this isn't where I want you right now. And you're like, wait a minute, Lord, I thought this was the plan. And he goes, nope. And so Paul says, okay, uh, if you if you look at the text in Asia, I mean, Galatia was a large province. That's where they were. And they had been discipling and strengthening, and they were going to go west down. And God said, no. Paul was thinking Asia Minor. And, and the cities that were there were, were very influential. Ephesus, Smyrna, Philadelphia, Laodicea, Colossae, Sardis, Pergamos, Thyatira, these names sound familiar? They're all cities that we're going to read about later in some way, shape, or form. Paul was planning on going there, and God just said flat out, no, Paul, this is not where I want you. And so they they headed north to Bithynia. They thought, okay, well, we'll go up here, and God said no again. So you can see that it might have been disappointing and even discouraging for Paul because everything had gone so well, and now all of a sudden they have closed doors. And by the way, we know from Acts 18 that God does open the door later to Ephesus, and we see him. And even in Peter, when Peter writes a letter to people in uh, in Asia and Bithynia, 
we know that they get there later, right? And so in God's sovereignty, he says, Paul, this is the timing. You may not be the person. Right now, I want you to go to Europe, not Asia. And think about think about what would have happened had Paul not gone to Europe. Had he not planted the flag of Christianity over in Macedon and Philippi. Instead, he did go to Asia and never went to Europe. I mean, we're very influenced by the Christian influence in the Greek culture or in the in the Roman culture. And so there was a guy in Macedonia in a vision that came to him, and he was crying out for help. And one of the things that's uh, interesting is when you think of Macedonia, Macedonia and Philippi specifically over there where Paul's going to go, a guy from that part of the world crying out for help is like somebody from Harvard or Yale crying out to Billy Graham, some country preacher from North Carolina, like an astrophysicist saying, help me, you know, or some guy who's got his multiple doctorates in philosophy and, and all this stuff saying, help me to Billy Graham. And, and that's what, what's going on. God gives Paul this vision. And so they go to Troas. Um, they go to Troas where he gets the vision. Remember, uh, the Bible says he passed by Mysia, then went to Troas, and that's where the vision appeared. Well, what happened in Troas? When he got to Troas, the GNC was there. He couldn't go anywhere else. So he was kind of just waiting. And sometimes we have to wait before we hear from God where he wants us to go next. So anyway, we'll come back and we'll talk about kind of discerning God's will when we're going through these tough times when we come back from the break. All right, we'll be back with more after the news. Before we go, we'd like to give a special thanks to our partners, Ace, Door, and Window, as well as a special thanks to our uh, sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. SWAT Radio, that was Nobody by Casting Crowns. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10 this week. Uh, Today we'll be focusing on the latter half of that passage, verses 6 through 10, to finish out the week we spent the first two days uh, talking about verses 1 through 5. Um, And we just, or actually we have not done this yet, but we're going to go through and recount again the two main themes to be pulled out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we just I talked about uh, identifying and investing in faithful future leaders. And really today, listening and obeying is leading 
John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. They follow me. Well, shepherds lead their sheep by their voice. God has always led his people by his voice, his word. And that's why it's so tragic that so few men know his word, know the Bible. And I think we're content a lot of times as men just to know the basics, the bottom line. Okay, Jesus died on the cross, and he offers me forgiveness if I believe in him. So I believe. Okay, I I know. I've actually had conversations with guys, Taylor, where I'll talk to guys. Oh, yeah, I read through the Bible. I read through the whole thing as if they know it now Mm. because they've read through it. I've read through the Bible every year, every year since like 2009. And some, as I'm reading through the Bible every year, sometimes like I read through the gospels four or five times, maybe six times a year, um, read through the old Testament, like a time and a half in a year, because I'm on this program that takes me through it. And I was on a program where I was reading 10 chapters a day as many times as I've read it. And my wife and I talk about this all the time. I will read something and I go, how have I never connected those things as many times as i've read that passage i've never seen that connection because it's so voluminous of of not just words but it's also ideas and connections that are supernatural so the the natural man does not discern those supernatural connections until God brings you to a point of being able to understand it. It's like if I gave a five-year-old uh, a calculus book, he's going to open that up, maybe even an eight-year-old. They're going to open a calculus book up, and it's not going to make any sense to them. But if you give that same calculus book to a senior who's in AP math, who's had geometry, algebra one, algebra two, pre-calculus, um, and they will look at that and go, oh, I see what's going on. Because now they're to a point to be able to understand it. Same thing. But in the West, especially here in our country, we believe if we can understand the English words on a page, then we understand what the Bible's saying. And a lot of times there's <laughs> there's more to it. We may get a flavor of what it's saying, but a lot of times we misinterpret. We We actually take it out of context and that's how cults get started and so to listen and obey his leading you got to know his voice you got to know his word and and it's really important like in the sense of even just knowing as you're reading who is this from it's from luke to theophilus well up until chapter uh, 16 it's it's they they did this they did that well in chapter 16 you just read it earlier verse 10 It says, we sought to go on to Macedonia. Well, that's now Luke indicating that he's with Paul. So we don't know exactly where he picked him up, probably somewhere around Troas. And they couldn't go any further, like we said, because of the GNC. So Paul stopped there. Then God gave him a vision of, of a man from Macedonia who was saying, help us. 
And that's really where ministry begins is when people are hurting and in need of hope and in need of mercy and in need of the gospel, that's where true ministry begins. And they were there. They were waiting there. And the vision came. And Luke probably was there either attending to Paul somehow, maybe to his wounds. We don't know. Paul's uh, chronic had some medical issues probably. And Luke was there. He was a physician, but he was also a great historian and ended up being the guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. And so Luke's there, and we see that. And this vision God gave to Paul gave him clarification. So he goes, okay, now we're going to (laughs) go. And uh, because he had concluded that God had called us, and notice Luke is saying us again, to preach the gospel to them. So Luke is accepting the call as well. Luke is not just there ministering to Paul who's going to go do it. Luke is actually going to travel with them to Macedonia. And so Luke probably had a little bit of a life mission change there as well, or at least direction of change to go with Paul. And a lot of people I find in life, uh, who were struggling with the will, God's will for their life um, are just searching and searching for God's will for the life. And the best way to find God's will for your life is to stop searching for God's will for your life and just search for God's will, period. Get into his word, be concerned for his will, commit your life to his kingdom, Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God, and then follow the desires God places on your heart. And if you want to go somewhere he doesn't want you to go, he's going to shut that door. He will. And he'll redirect you. He's not sitting up there with a hammer going, okay, Taylor's getting out of line, bam, and ready to pop you. He's watching and guiding. And if you think about your own child, you've got a beautiful little girl, Selah, how old is she now? 18 months. 18 months. She's moving around, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's fast forward to Selah's 14 years old. And Selah is doing what she thinks you want her to do. You see that, but she's not doing what you want her to do. But she thinks, she, you know she thinks she is. Are you going to go hammer her for not doing if she thinks she is? No, you're going to gently redirect her. And that's what God does. Now, where the problem becomes is when, say, Selah at 16 or one of my children, they they think they're going in the right direction, and then we come in and we say, no, that's really not where we want you to go. Oh, I don't care. I'm going to go here anyway. Do we do that to God? All the time. And what God does is he brings attention getters into our life to say, okay, Trying to let you know that's not where I'm wanting you to go. Okay, but I, 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 I let me do this first, and then I'll go do that. And we start bargaining with God. No, seek first his kingdom. What is your kingdom agenda? It, follow the desires of your heart, but if God closes that door, ask him, okay, God, where do you want me to go? Because God's more committed to making us what he wants us to be than we are wanting to be what he wants us to be. 
And I read uh, Philippians, I don't know, maybe I didn't read it this week. Uh, Philippians 1 6 says, and I'm sure of this, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. A lot of people who are searching for God's will, but they're not sure what it is, sit around and they don't do anything anymore. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. In fact, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want us to do that. We should be reading the Bible because we know we're commanded to do that, to read and meditate on the word every day. We should obey the Bible and we should share it with others and be faithful where we are. I can promise you, Paul was not sitting in Troas, not thinking about the salvation of the people in that town. He was a missionary. He was always had his antenna up. Is there a divine opportunity here? Is there a place where God is working here that I can join him? The biggest problem in SWAT, at least our Bible studies and even the church today, is getting guys out of their comfortable disobedience. Remember, I talked about being comfortable. Getting guys out of their comfortable disobedience and their lack of spiritual discipline. Getting into the Word, sharing it with others, and watching God open and close doors as we seek to follow Him. Trust Him in the process. Don't get so um, committed to a direction that your loyalty is more to your dream than it is to God. And that happens a lot of times. So we, we, we listen and obey his leading. That's really what it means to Shema, to listen and obey, a, a listening that produces an action. And Timothy was watching Paul doing all this, and so was Silas and Luke now. And they ended up going with him And we're going to see next week them travel with Paul to Philippi. And Timothy ended up being a very, very important part of Paul's ministry. In fact, Paul would send him to places like Corinth when there were trouble things going on, things happening there that were causing trouble. And Paul needed to be where he was at, but he needed somebody to go help. So he would send Timothy to these places. And he, uh, Timothy ended up being a shepherd, an under-shepherd at the church in Ephesus. He was a leader there and ultimately probably ended up joining Paul when Paul was martyred at the end of his life. So Timothy played a vital role in Paul's ministry, and Paul trained him and then told Timothy to do the same thing that he had done with him. And so that's really the main thrust of these, this text, 16, 1 through 10, is identify and, invite, and identify and invest in future faith leaders and listen and obey God's leading as his kingdom priest. Always be sensitive to his leading. Stay in the word. Seek his will. That's what he wants. All right, stick with us. We'll be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, as well as all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And finally, all of you who are listening online, wherever you are in the country or around the world, you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 10. This week, finishing that up today, we uh, talked about some of the main themes which would be identifying, investing in faithful future leaders um, that we see in the text, and also listening and obeying his, meaning God's, leading. Um, uh, those are the two main themes that we saw in the text. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at one eight four four triple seven swat That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, if we don't have any callers, I got some questions for our listeners, if they're out there. Uh, Who are you investing in? I mean, really investing, and not just that they'll have a good college degree, they'll be successful out in the world. Who are you investing in the gospel message, training them in what the gospel really is, what Jesus taught, oh, but it's hard, my kids don't want to talk about this stuff or or whatever, or my friends don't want to talk about it. If you ask God to bring somebody into your life that you can invest in, do you think he won't do that? I mean, that, that, that's, the, that's the question. You know, when Jesus says in the Scriptures, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be open, those are the prayers that he's longing to answer, not putting a BMW in your driveway mm-hmm. or a hundred K in your bank account. That that's not asking you receive like Peter Popoff and other people are out there throwing around like, like some genie in a bottle. It's who can I invest in Lord? Who, who in my life right now is, is the person you most want me spending time what am I training them in? Am I training them in the gospel that Jesus and Jesus alone is the only one that holds the answers, that your word, your word alone is truth spiritually? 
I mean, I, I, I hear there's several, several things that are being put out now about the uh, ludicrousness of the Bible. The, the Bible is archaic. It's, it's, uh, it's a relic. It's not, you know, it's, if you believe that the Bible is your authority, you're mentally deranged. I mean, people are making these statements out on the internet and it's really, it, it's, it's hard to come back and, and be really encouraged about trying to share it because you feel like you're apprehensive because you're going to get made fun of, you're going to get laughed at. Um, and what pe- compounds that is that there are people who call themselves Christians who uh, buy into those notions by saying, well, it's that Western interpretation of the Bible and, and really straying from orthodoxy to give voice to people, like you say, to say the whole thing is, is bunk. So you're going to feel that pinch not only from non-believers, but some who've gone astray who call themselves Christians. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, so I think that question is a, a valid question for us to be wrestling with on a daily basis. Who am I investing in? Am I investing in anybody? If I'm not investing in anybody, the question is why? Why, why am I not investing? Uh, what's going to happen 80 years from now if every believer, every follower of Jesus in the U.S. has your attitude of investing in future leaders? I mean, that's pretty sobering to think about. Uh, the, the church is failing right now in this area of discipleship. We're just, we've become consumers and we become people that are okay with consuming consuming's okay as long as you're a conduit sometime you know you can consume and then be a conduit but if you just consume 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 and you never give it away it it, it really is defeating the purpose of why you're to consume in the first place yeah, I mean, you can't not consume, right? If you don't eat, consume yeah, food. Yeah, like, yeah, no, you got to consume. But if you don't give it away in waste, like then you're gonna, or if you eat too much, like it's gonna be bad. So I think we yeah become bloated, right? Or if you're never reading anything, um, it, you, you're not gonna have much of an output, right? Like, there, there, the purpose of consuming isn't to consume for the consumption itself. It's to, you know, strengthen and fortify and to help others. And, to, yeah, to be able to pass it on. That's mm-hmm. why Paul wrote Timothy, find faithful men who will find other faithful men, teach them so they can teach others, and perpetually keep the gospel going. And we are here today. If you're a believer today, you're a believer because that happened. <laughs> I mean, you are a follower of Jesus today because somebody invested in somebody who invested in somebody that ultimately got the gospel to you. So why stop the cycle? We need to continue that. So ask the question, write it on a sheet of paper, put it on your refrigerator, put it on your bedside table. Who am I investing in? And write a name down. And when God gives you that name, ask God, God, bring a person, let him come into my life then write that name and then start investing in them. Well, I don't know where to start. Well, how about you just start with the gospel? Well, I'm not that good with the gospel. Well, 
there's some great resources out there. Uh, One of them called the B-I-B-L-E. If you go to the Bible and you start reading what it says in the Bible about the gospel, and we've been covering this in Acts. I mean, like the last week we talked about they try to add circumcision to the gospel. The gospel, you don't add anything to the gospel. It's Jesus is our Savior, Messiah, and Master. He is everything that he said he was. He did the miracles. He died on the cross. Three days later, he rose again. And Jesus and Jesus alone is the only reason any of us are acceptable to God, period. End of story. If you share that with somebody who is young, younger than you in the faith, and they look at you with the deer and headlight eyes, you need to keep going over that with them until they look at you with excitement and gratitude and say, wow, isn't that amazing? Because that is the most amazing truth. It is the spiritual truth that the whole Bible centers around, is that God desired a relationship with us and sent his son to die so that that relationship would be what it was supposed to be. Because ever since the garden, it's been tainted. And God has been wanting us to be in that pre-fall relationship with him where we trust. Not that we won't struggle with sin because we live in an earthly body that's going to sin. Um, it's going to fail. And we're going to deal with pain. We're going to deal with disease this side of heaven. And by the way, just becoming a Christian doesn't take that away. Just because you're a believer doesn't mean that your body won't deteriorate. Uh, 100 out of 100 are going to die unless Jesus comes back. Uh, Every person, every human that was only human died. Even though God resurrected him one time, they died again, and they didn't come back after the second one. And so invest in them with the gospel. So do that. Second question for you, since we don't have any callers asking questions, is are we listening and obeying our master and king? Are we listening and obeying? Are we so busy that we're not listening? Are we so busy that um, we, we dismiss what he may be saying because of our agenda and we're therefore not obeying? Those are, those are some big questions that we got to wrestle through. And it's obvious that Paul had an agenda to go to Asia and God said no. And he listened and he obeyed. And because he did, the gospel went to Europe. And we're going to see that next week as we go through verses 11 through 15. But I think those are good questions for us to uh, kind of wrestle with on a daily basis. And, uh, and not to invoke guilt upon us, but in anything, like when you were a football player, Taylor, uh, I'm sure you had to evaluate how you did every day, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a player, you 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 are constantly evaluating. Uh, did I run that route good? Did I block well? Whatever I did, you didn't just go out there and not get any feedback, right? I mean, you didn't. Oh, yeah. Particularly uh, when it comes to games, like the next day is film breakdown, and uh, you got a grade sheet how you did, and you watch every film, every play multiple, multiple, multiple times. And if you 
messed up on one of those plays. It, it felt like you watched it 20 extra times compared to every other play. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you definitely knew uh, kind of how you performed and, and where the line was, yeah. Well, because we don't want to be legalistic, a lot of times in the Christian faith, what we do is we don't ever take a look at ourselves. Mm. We just, well, because that's legalism. I'm never going to please God. Well, it's it's not that you're not going to please him, but are you going to honor him? Are you going to obey him? And if you're not obeying him, yeah, I mean, it's okay to step back and say, hey, how did I do yesterday or today? in investing in somebody how did i do in listening to god did i listen to him or was i too busy to give him any time today um if you don't listen to him how can you obey him yeah if you're not in his word 90 percent of the men in church probably aren't reading the bible very much by one survey only an hour a year uh so those are good questions to wrestle through um I hope that uh, that's been encouraging for you. Again, it's Acts 16, 1 through 10. And uh, tomorrow we're going to have Allison Hale, who runs a mercy ministry to um, trafficked women down in Dominican Republic. She's going to be our guest tomorrow. I hope you will join in. Uh, it, it is, it's going to be a good uh, testimony of how God is rescuing these women from prostitution and really being sex slaves down there. So, yeah, so make sure you tune in for that. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening